Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase Vast Horizon, an award-winning audio drama podcast. Join Dr. Nalira Ek, an agronomist, as she awakens on a spaceship en route to populate a new solar system. The ship is plagued by issues, and she seems to be the only living soul on board. She will have to fight tooth and nail in the midst of an uncaring void to survive. The world building is meticulous and expansive, and the complete story awaits you without the need to wait on new releases. Featuring the voices of over 50 actors, an award-winning sound design that will place you in the heart of the action. Find Vast Horizon however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at vasthorizonpodcast.com. Subscribe today to experience new things, new people, and new skies. This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you, Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. There are messages everywhere. I have no idea what you're trying to tell me, my pen pal. I can't figure out how you're sneaking into the inn unnoticed. How you managed to write on the walls of this room? And I'm getting these memories recently. Memories about the old script. About being taught day in and day out how to read them. Did you know, somehow, that this would happen? If you sent me those letters, did you know that I would remember? Dad and I, we've never even spoken to Arnell about any of this. Not since we came to stay with him after getting away from the peninsula. We were supposed to leave everything that happened, including everything that Mom did for the new faith. 
behind. Is this something you want from me? Do you need me to remember? Why? Well, I don't want to talk about that. I want to clear my con- And I watched him there for a moment, memorizing his conscience. I want to talk about the thing we found in those ruins. I don't even know how to play these tapes back. I just... I find a place to broadcast them and pray that I don't get caught or set off another trap before it's done. I'm only doing this. I just... I want someone to know. What I... What we saw down there. Something greater and darker. There's a specific day you need to know about. I was on edge. Not that I'm not a little on edge these days, but I thought they might have been searching for me after what happened with Benny. And I couldn't afford the fines for harassing an entity. Sorry, let, let me... I don't actually mean that. It's a really bad joke, and I can't tell jokes. I mean, I try, but I really, really can't figure out what makes other people laugh, so please don't report me for that. I, I already have enough to answer for. We had rules in God's Peak. Laws that everyone follows. I'm sure it's the same in the kingdom of Anne Apogee. I should be calling them citizens. Yeah. My town had its own process. When I first moved there, from the peninsula, I signed a form. A statement of history and civility. This is where I'm from and who I am. I will not attack any citizen, be they human or entity. So yeah, I fucked that up. This isn't to say that all entities are citizens. Take those that watch you from the liminal spaces of the world. The things you can't quite pin down. The ones that whisper, that watch, that graze against your skin when you're alone. Not a citizen. Like those that call you to another room, patiently waiting for you as you move in a trance. You were certain you got up to do something. You can't remember what it was. You stand there, shake your head with a laugh with a, here I go again, as it inches closer, gleeful for that chance moment of soft, self-deprecating confusion, expecting that you'll stand still enough, long enough, this time. I'm not sure about you, my pen pal, but I'm haunted by something that wakes me in the evenings without reason. Flashes of consciousness being greeted by a shadowed ceiling and a cloak of empty silence. I wonder if it's an evolutionary perk. The same thing that turns you away from darkness, waking you so that you can run. Lately, sleep is hard for me. After what happened with Arnell, I, I have that same sense. 
of being watched all the time, being listened to. I... I am never alone. I haven't been alone for a long time. <sighs> Embarrassing. What's wrong with you? Well, I don't want to leave that in there. Where are those tapes? Um, the day I wanted to tell you about... Yeah, I, um... I was on the edge of panic. It didn't help that the night winds continued in town, banging on my window, telling me this time that they don't understand why I still won't let them in. Um, so... When the knock hammered on our door, a week after I'd met Benny, I ignored it. Dad and I were in the kitchen. He was hovering over the stove, watching a pot of boiling milk froth. I always sit with him when he... When... When he would do this, making our Nils food. The whole week, I was so distracted, though, I... I didn't help as much as I should have. As much as I usually do. I just kept my mind on the sound of the drizzle pattering on the rooftop. But the pounding on the door just kept going. I think Dad had had enough. He set his spatula down, and I had to stop him, begging him to just wait for them to leave, letting it slip that it could be the sheriff. Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to that conversation. Dad probably wanted to ask why the law would be at our door. Remember? Sheriff Kit? Asshole? My saving grace? The knocking? It wasn't letting up. Someone had to get it. Even if Dad wanted to talk right then. I opened the door to find Chess standing on the porch. I had no clue what Chess was doing at my house, but... Well... He let me know before I could even ask. Guess that when I said I wanted to get the truth out of Benny, I failed to mention the part about the garlic. We argued back and forth, but at least I tried to be quiet about it. What else would I have used? Chessa suggested that I should have used a damn potion. Asking how far off poison was from a potion didn't really help my case. It was hard to pay attention to what he was saying. Over his shoulder, I could see a stalker patrolling the street, its long black talon legs wet and flashing in the lamplights, its eyeless head tipped down, steam curling around its smiling mouth. Chess seemed unaware or entirely careless about the looming creature behind him. Chess is like that sometimes. He's the only person I knew in town open to taking night shifts. Well, he did work at a saloon. I've never understood how he wasn't all that bothered by the things that shift under the moonlight. Especially then, while I was sitting there, watching the stalker lift its head. Turning toward us, a pool of saliva gathered under the creature as it stood there, frozen, its breath still misting around its face. Chess went in when the stalker seemed to sense us. Its dark, tapered legs piercing the ground with each step as it turned toward my house, grinding the gravel underneath, mouth widening, teeth glistening. I shut the door. 
even though Dad had waited very patiently for us. I could smell the curdled milk right when we got through the hallway. Dad already abandoned the pot, leaving the rest. The feeding part, to me. I filled a bowl with the paste of milk and flesh, then set it on one of my ornate souvenirs. It had these scales painted along the body of a serpent, winding around a sphere that sort of glowed in the moonlight. We went upstairs. Jess had finally calmed down. I went to the edge of the bed, and all I could do, all I could ever do those nights with Arnell was watch his chest rise and fall. Right then, I could almost pretend that he was just sleeping. Until Chess told me that Arnell was not turning into a vampire, it probably took a little bit of bravery to tell me that we needed to go to the temple as soon as possible. I don't know what your letters say, so please stop sending them. <sighs> Not sure who all is listening, but uh, I know it's been a little while. Oh, yeah, if I sound a little different, it's probably the humidity. Maybe some kind of allergy. I don't know. Anyway. If you're still out there, trust me, this is all related to what we saw in the ruins, this change in how we understand things. Me falling off the face of the world, I... I had to re-record that last tape you heard about Arnell. So what you heard wasn't the original... It was a hard one to get through, but I think I'm doing better. My memory isn't great. And maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but the the more I study the uh, the letters that I've been getting, the easier it's been to remember. Not just the bad. The good is in there too. In small pieces that are easy for me to miss. Uh so, hey, pen pal, I still don't know your angle. I hope your persistence with the letters. Well, I hope you're doing this because you plan to tell someone about the ruins, but, but you need proper evidence. And yeah, don't worry, I'm getting there. And, and I'm sorry for pinning all my frustration on you. How could you know the writing would affect me like this? I guess I'm a little paranoid about things right now. Looking for answers where maybe they don't exist. <sighs> anyway. The temple. See, most days after I'd finished feeding Arnell, I didn't have much else to do. My workday was over, the town had a curfew. We had to ask for permission to go out at night. The stalkers had free reign. You get the gist. I stayed inside mostly. But that evening, the one where Chess said we needed to head toward the temple, 
I followed him, kind of numb to the rain spraying up around us. Speaking of the stalkers, they always seem to avoid the temple. The whole hallowed ground thing, as far as documentation goes. But they actually... They avoided chess, too. When he pulled open the temple's gate, its creaking made the hairs on the back of my neck stick up. So, yeah. I was already primed to really panic when I heard a voice nearby. Very clear, very familiar. Benny. He wanted to know if I was looking for the new gen I'd left for dead. In the cemetery? My first broadcast? By the way, he wasn't dead. The new gen? Scared out of his mind, sure, but not dead. Probably better to clarify that. Thank the gods. <sighs> Benny leaned on a wall outside of the temple, watching us, water rolling off his hat. Honestly, I wasn't sure whether I'd have more luck running from him or a stalker. But that was the night that I learned... Um... Benny? That... Benny was teaching chess about magic and history. That's my head. <laughs> Sorry, you know that ringing you get when you stand up too fast? Well, sometimes I get it randomly, especially when things are hard to... Anyway, I thought about that. Chess. Practicing magic at night with Henrik. Really thought about it. About how I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen chess during the daylight. I tried to set aside the thoughts that were circling around my head. I think some perspective is in order here, before I go on. I let Chess into my home without a thought, you know? Let him watch my brother lying there in bed, helpless. I... I just had this intense thought. That Chess could have had something to do with the infection, never once telling me, never even hinting at it. And I probably looked like I was going to do something pretty stupid because Benny shoved me away right when I took my first step. He just... knew. He informed me, loudly, that Chess was not a vampire. And he couldn't be one if he tried. <laughs> Penny has always been Chess's protector. The whole time I've known him. Maybe Chess had this unearned guilt... Realizing what I was thinking, the words poured out of him like he'd been holding them in ever since he'd seen Arnell. Turned out, the thing in my brother's bed was a doppelganger. And we were out at the temple because it was the safest place for us to talk. Nobody would look for us there. Really loved when he told me that I needed to relax if I wanted to hear what he had to say. Oh, I'm kidding. I didn't actually love that. Uh, my jokes might be bad, but sarcasm isn't really my strong suit either. M maybe you got it. But sometimes I have to tell people outright when I'm joking. But yeah, while we were standing out there, it was pouring. The rain was relentless, trickling over my spine, cold. I mean, I actually really like the rain derailing myself. Benny, he, he seemed 
He seemed out of breath, barely standing, holding on to one of the spires on the iron gate. I had no idea why he'd chosen the temple to meet with Chess, why he kept coming back. You'd probably think vampires can't go into holy places, right? But I've learned since then. The things that I'm so sure of, the things we're taught at the academy, they're half-truths. Staff doesn't always document the things that we should know, and honestly, I'm not sure if that's on purpose. I hope it isn't, because at the time, I didn't know... I didn't know what a doppelganger was. I didn't like the temple. I didn't like the town's form of worship, at least. Or any form, to be frank. That's why I figured taking a job as a transcriber would be the best work for me. I'd rather think the creatures and entities that we live with are just a part of reality. Nothing to be worshipped. Or feared. They say monsters had walked among the gods long ago. Before humanity fucked everything up. Before the gods took the torch of magic from the hands of humans. Supposedly, beasts were more pure than any of us could ever be. They had never wronged the Pantheon in the way mortals had. They had no control over the things they did. They just were. Until, of course, we intervened. It was an old tale. A story to make us behave as children. At the Academy, you generally don't think about m monsters. You classify things. Organize them. Tuck the notes away in boxes. But part of me was curious just to hear something outside of our local history. You ever heard of doppelgangers? Again, I hadn't. If there's no documentation, they don't exist. Not in our area, at least. That's how it works. Need to know how to handle a stalker gone berserk? Academy Library. Need to know what to include when making food for people that happen to be entities and you're too anxious to ask, and also you want to be nice and apologetic because you screwed up the first time you met, understatement, and also you know they could have allergies that might not be common knowledge, and also you happened to use something that they were allergic to when you made something for them last and you don't want to accidentally... Maybe that's too specific of an example, but... Library. Uh, well... Even if there was documentation, if there were no recent sightings, the entity didn't exist. Or they were extinct. <sighs> but the doppelganger? Chess told me that the thing I'd been living with for a month wasn't even human. Arnell wasn't in there. I watched Benny get up, the pew squealing under him as he started pacing around. He didn't bother talking at first. His brows furrowed as he met my eyes. Somehow, I held the gaze longer, which is saying a lot. I hate looking people in the eyes. Benny glanced at Chess first. Apparently, there is a big possibility that there could be a nest near our town. We needed to check there first. I was lost for a sec. Something was pretending to be my brother. Arnell. And that something 
was with Dad. I probably sound like my memory is fairly clear, huh? I don't know how long that'll last. From what I can tell, other people seem to hold information pretty well. My memories have a shorter lifespan. These tapes are kind of nice. Where they would be, if I had an infinite supply of them and didn't have to write over them. They're artifacts, so finding somewhere that sells them is really left to chance. It'd be nice if I actually knew how to play the tapes back without having to walk from store to store, listening for my broadcasts to make sure I'm not going over things more than once. Hoping random magical interference might help transmit the old recordings again. But... My memory. There's one thing in particular that seems like this brilliant light in the growing fog of my mind. The altar. At the front of the temple. A stone serpent curled around the orb of the earth. A sea snake with a mouth wide enough to eat. A moon. Here's something I do remember. Far better than the old script. Back home, older folk called that serpent Bakunawa. And then there were the younger people, like my mom, following their own sect, with their own bastardization. I had a quick thought. This small spark. That maybe he was one of the gods who could actually do something if I asked. Because I didn't care who I had to pray to, to make offerings to, to undo what had happened to Arnell. And... I wonder if Benny felt the same, in his own way, with his eyes trained so intently on the altar. I wasn't sure then. I still don't know now. Whether vampires still believe in deities. <sighs> he isn't a god. Bakunawa. Not to our older generations. Have their beliefs. And maybe in their lives. <laughs> Benny seemed reluctant, but ruthless. To him, I'd be better off looking for a necromancer. Yeah, I was ready to knock him off his feet for talking like that. But the doors opened and Chess grabbed me, holding me in place. It was Dad. Dad stood there, glaring over each of us, his eyes lingering on Benny with a cold, sharp rage. The rain had soaked through his clothes and he looked like a thin, sick dog. Chess was nervous. He was usually nervous around my dad, but that night, he was much worse. There was something in my dad's eyes that I hadn't seen for a long time. I'd almost forgotten what that looked like. And... no. Uh, Benny? Benny. He... He walked past the pews, slowing at the doors, giving Dad this long look as he went for the temple's gate. It was still wet outside, about midnight, and the clouds had cleared. All around us, creaky houses were lifeless beneath the stars, forming a sort of tunnel. At the end of it, silhouettes of endless talons passed through the dim light of the town. Stalkers. And even from that distance, there seemed like so many of them. More than I remember there ever being in God's Peak. Excited about something. Like spider legs, skittering over a window, nearly blocking out the sun. Dad stopped in the middle of the path, glancing into the sky. I wasn't sure how he was able to get to us, without being mauled in the street. But he seemed so serene there, 
drawn to the shattered faces of the moon triad and their glowing debris. I wonder why Dad looked at them like an old friend. He probably still looks at them that way. I don't know what he saw before we escaped the Owl of the Peninsula, but I wish I could tell him about what's happening around me in this room. I need a moment, a moment of peace, where I don't have to worry about any of this. I need some time to think. Do I even want to remember? Something in my mind is telling me that someone does. Maybe they... Maybe you have the same questions I do. Maybe your letters can give me some insight. Maybe you want me to remember that place. The place that made Dad the way that he is. The place that made him listen. I know how it sounds, but he isn't the father I knew before the night of the eclipse. With all of these memories, there's a different voice, a different face to him. I didn't leave the peninsula with a father I'd grown up with. And I don't know who the person is that I had lived with for all those years since. It's not that I was too young to remember. Not by a long shot. I... I just didn't know. And now, I need to know what else I don't remember. Honestly, though, I do have my reasons for being afraid of the things in our world that aren't human anymore. Or... Or that we're never human to begin with. I... Um, I wonder if Benny chose to be what he is today. After that last tape, I... I feel like a dick for not asking if he's been feeling okay. I can't keep thinking I didn't screw up when we first met. And yeah, again, that's the understatement of all understatements. Please, please understand. If anyone else hears these recordings, these broadcasts, and you think they might help condemn me further in a trial? A smaller string of crimes leading up to... You know what? Fuck this. That music. Benny? Mm. Listen, I wanted to ask how you're holding up. Right. Forget it. Look, I know it's long overdue. Uh, are you writing right now? Could you stop? I'm trying to apologize. I, uh... I'm sorry I haven't asked how you've been feeling. And I'm sorry about the tea with the garlic flowers. At the time, I... I hoped that the pain might sway you to giving me the answers I needed. Quickly. I didn't think about how it could, would, be, that, bad. They were just flowers. Can you say something? Benny, say something. Why are you calling me Benny again lately? Hey, hold on. I told you. If this has been some other cruelty after you just said sorry. You know, I did kind of like the idea of going by my given name again. What are you talking about? What, you? 
You really don't know. What are you talking about? I don't remember you telling me anything about some of their name. Henrik, Llewellyn, Freeborn, Preben? Benny? Henrik, I don't... I don't care, Lou. Call me whatever you want. It doesn't... Is that your radio? It sounds so distant. I... No. I've been hearing that song so much recently. You can hear it. Can't you? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well... Fine. Where is that music coming from now? Oh, it's you. You're listening to me right now. Let me tell you a secret, friend. I've been listening to... spent listening to ads got you down on apollo plus there's no need to time travel past ads and you can jump right into an alternate side of the show setting bonus content right on your feed the moon crown is a podcast by me m Mulder. 